So yeah, we are we are back. It's episode number four. Cinco de Mayo. You're not gonna hear it on Cinco de Mayo, but but that's when we're recording it. Yeah. So, so uh, let me get let me get this uh get this guy. Oh yeah. I know you mentioned earlier you had pizza, but are you at least drinking like a Mexican beer, like maybe a Modelo or a Corona or Nah, I'm drinking Sam 76. Ah, dude. <laughs> I, I like barely left my house today. I was not going to go searching for inappropriate beer for the day. I decided to just roll with it. What do you mean inappropriate beer today? It's perfect for a day like today. No, I an appropriate beer. Oh, that, oh I heard yeah, you wrong. An inappropriate beer for today. Sam, I, I mean, I guess Sam Adams is kind of an inappropriate beer for a uh, Mexican holiday, but... I mean, Boston's probably like the least Mexican city. <laughs> it might be. There's still some decent uh, There's still some decent South American joints in and around, especially around EC. Oh my yeah, God, but, they're everywhere. Yeah, but that's not like... That's not Mexican. Uh, I feel like there's a couple of Mexican. It might be a lot more like Brazilian. Actually, you know what's the... You know what's my favorite? My favorite Mexican joint in Boston or the Boston area is um oh, fuck. It's in Harvard Square. I forget the name of it right now. Um, God, it's blinking on me right now. Like it, that place is good. Um, Brutal. Yeah, I, I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna look it up right now just because I'm so embarrassed being on this, putting myself on the spot. I feel yeah. I mean, you you made your bed. Now you gotta lie in it. Felipe's, dude. Felipe's. Felipe's. Yeah, I recommend that spot. That's a good. That's a good uh, spot if you're looking for like a burrito right before, like a Sinclair show or some shit. You know. Oh man, the that <laughs> that might be the big that might be the biggest Boston news right now. We uh we are officially losing Great Scott. I mean, not was, a. I mean it. <sighs> I don't know well, if it's, it's official. Ofi- it's official, but there's there's been uh, there's been some pushback online. Um, some people are looking to see if they can uh, resurrect it. Um, dude, greedy but, landlords suck. Dude, you're not wrong, especially when it comes to like independent art spaces like that. Like, I mean, I know Boston's kind of a it's it's kind of a hub for those kind of things, but still, like. You can't just let those things die. Those are one no, of those things that need to be, uh, they need to be treasured. They need to be held onto because without that, I mean, what are they, what are they going to do with that space? They're going to make it a Trader Joe's or something. Cause that's what Alston needs to complete its, uh, gentrification journey. Or does it already have a Trader Joe's? I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure there's probably at least two Trader Joe's. Christ. And if somebody from Alston wants to set the record straight, you can, um, 
you can DM us on our social media. Yeah, uh, hit us on Twitter Pac- and tell, we're, tell us we're wrong because neither yeah, of us live in the city. Tell us we're a bunch of fucking assholes because... Just let it happen. I mean, that's probably what we are. Uh, and it's at, also... Yeah, I was going to say, it's also just accurate. <laughs> just, you know, at read Packy us for Run, filth. At Packy Run Pod, you know... On Instagram and on Twitter. We're not sure on to- Facebook because Facebook gives you no reach anymore. And I'm not looking to pay for posts. Also, fuck Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. That's yep. Uh, that that might be the coldest take we've had on I, this podcast so far. And I'm sorry for swearing so much to begin this podcast, but yeah, it's they're just words. What are you consuming? It's your beverage of choice tonight. Um, it's I don't know. I mean, it's it's tequila with whatever in it. So today, tonight, it's uh pineapple juice and some uh, coconut milk and like a like a seltzer so it's a, rice. what would you so, call that drink a mexican hawaiian dude i don't even know but like it looks like a tequila sunrise i know you guys can't see it but like and i, don't I know can if you confirm can see it. it does look like a tequila sunrise it kind of and i mean i've never ordered a tequila sunrise at like a bar before and i've never tr- attempted Smart to man. make one why because tequila is horrendous in the best way possible i mean you just <laughs> hate hard liquor dude i yeah i i don't really do i don't really do liquor all that much at all but tequila is like tequila well, me... is one of tequila is one of the liquors that i'll consume but it never like it never goes well because there's something about it like most other most other liquors and alcohols in general when you when you start you know when you're over the threshold, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like when you start getting drunk on most things, like you're stumbling around, you're starting to lose steam. Like you can kind of power through it, but you know, it's a depressant. Um, tequila does not have that effect. You get all of the stumbling around and all of the like inebriation, but it gives you energy, dude. I don't know what it is about it, but it like it also at the same time like wakes you up and gives you way more energy, which is not a good combination when you start losing control of your bodily functions. I mean, yeah, but let me, well, let me ask you this. If you had to pick one, one liquor, well, like actually let me ask you two. If you had to pick one liquor of choice somebody was like you have to drink this what would it you choose to it to be and like have you ever had like a really nice really well constructed uh, like margarita like a margarita that oh that, absolutely i can do i can do mixed drinks all day long you just yeah. gotta you gotta take it easy obviously well, it's yeah, harder to, it's harder to it's harder to keep track that's part of the reason why i don't really like liquor is that like if you're drinking beer or if you're drinking if you're drinking wine like out of a glass it's real easy to keep track of like how much you've had and that gives you a good idea. You know, it gives you a good idea of where you're at and what your next move should be as far as additional drinks or whatever else. I hear that. And as opposed to, you know, drinking people that drink like straight whiskey or I know some people that drink tequila just straight and it's like, Oh man, like even if you're just shooting it, like after the first couple there's no way you know how much alcohol you're putting in your body. And then like, if I start thinking about that too much when I'm drunk, I'm just immediately getting the spins and I'm all done. Well, for me, I like, because this quarantine, I've been drinking a lot of whiskey, a lot of tequila. And where I am, I don't have a shot glass or a measuring device like a jigger. God help you, dude. 
Dude, so like I am pretty much going in blind, so I don't know how much I am truly consuming. Yeah, um, I, w- I will it's say like the, it's like the best guesstimation, and sometimes it's like, ooh, that one's a little, uh, that one's a little too strong there. True. I will say that what I'm saying usually applies if I'm like out, which is when I do 90% of my drinking is if I'm not, you know, at home. But now everybody's quarantined. And I will say all bets are off. If I was, if I genuinely enjoyed more liquor, that's probably what I would be drinking. But to be honest, I'm just not that big of a fan. Unless it's like, I can do, I can definitely still do like rum and vodka based stuff. And I probably should because I actually think that the cost, uh, the, the cost benefit of drinking like mixed drinks like that uh, would be in my favor. But I don't know. There's just so many beers and there's so many craft beers and everything around that yeah, like, yeah. I just want to keep, I just want to keep drinking that. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slim boy. I can afford, I can afford the extra calories. It's fine. My thing is like if and and I have like changed a little bit like if if you like because some craft beers are just as much as like a bottle of really cheap whiskey for example that is true like and some of that some of that craft beer like the double IPA bullshit and like I mean like no offense to those guys they're working hard but like it's just pre- fucking pretentious yeah there's a lot of it there's a lot of that stuff that's just too much <sighs> But anyways, tequila, coconut uh, milk, and some pineapple juice. It's a really good cocktail. You should try it. I'm calling it a Mexican Hawaiian and until also, somebody tells me what the drink actually is called. Also, it's like uh, some uh, raspberry lime um, seltzer with it. So good shit. Um, that's what pretty sweet. I mean, it is, but actually it is kind of sweet. Oh, well, fuck it. Like, it's who cares. Um anyways um so tonight there's not a lot of patriots news going on uh not a lot going on um i just wanted to hear your take because last week we kind of talked about the new patriots kicker and his three percenters tattoo i didn't know if you had like an opportunity or a chance to do any research or like look into that at all so i didn't do a lot of research on the three percenters themselves i just you know it just seems like another group of people that are, you know, opinionated and loud about it. And yeah, I'm the t- probably the type of people that protest, like opening pro- the, like the state again or whatever, like the country again. Yeah, it seems to be along those lines. And honestly, with yeah. everything else, with everything else that's going on in the world right now, like every day, it's just like, oh, what dumbass thing did the leader of the free world decide to say today or whatever? Like, I'm just I'm I'm kind of over politics for the time being. I need a little time to recoup so I can gear up for the inevitable shit show that is the elections later in the year. Yeah, rapist versus rapist. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean here's a all right, here's a hot that, take. That's that a gonna, hot take that I Well, here's an, here's another here's another hot take and this is going to this is going to profoundly upset my uh not my liberal friends but my my uh my diehard democrat friends um ooh i cuz i'm not a diehard democrat i i can't wait to hear this yeah cuz like um, the last time we really went into politics you were like super democrat so i I vote Democrat on a frequent basis because I'm not sure they walk the walk, but they absolutely talk the talk a hell of a lot better than the Republicans do. And the way that this country is set up, third party, third party just isn't an option. You're just, Mm -mm. 
third part third party is vote is handing votes to or handing electoral college votes at least to whoever the preferred nominee is so i'm not i'm not a democrat i like progressive i like progressive politics i like policies and ideas that are going to benefit the most people i don't mind uh paying more in taxes for things like that that don't necessarily directly benefit me i think that's just kind of the price you pay for being a decent person and a decent citizen that Fair is enough. what it is. But my hot take, my hot take that is going to brutally upset a lot of my uh, my registered Democrats out there. If you were big mad on Twitter and on other social media and with your friends and out in public mm-hmm. and everything, if you were big mad about Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. right, and you were losing your mind about Brett Kavanaugh and the allegations against him, you have to be mad about Joe Biden, period. Or else you're just, maybe you yourself are not a hypocrite, but that is a, that is a hypocritical, that is a hypocritical thing to be freaking out and to be, you know, uh, what was her name? Blasey Ford, uh, the woman, the woman who was accuser. Yeah, yeah, Who was the accuser in that situation. People were people were big mad and they were all on her side and they were, you know, there was a lot of posturing that I saw on social media and stuff like that. And people were big, big mad about it. And I'll admit I was I was pretty mad about, you know, that guy um, getting a getting a lifetime seat on on the Supreme Court. But if you were big mad about that, then you have to be big mad about Joe Biden and you can't eat that. That's like you can't there's an inconsistency there that just shows that you're posturing online and that you don't actually care about these things that's the conclusion that i've come to and there's a lot of that going around like you uh, have like you can't you can't pick and choose you can't pick and choose when it comes to those things if you're going to be big mad about it be big mad about it but you got to you got to back that up i i absolutely agree with you i don't think it's like at the end of the day like both people have done bad things and they both deserve to not have success and not like well, you know what i mean thing, i think i think if it was I, uh, well, there's there's the issue that I come up to, is that if you're gonna have, it's a if, double if, standard for it's sure. A double, it's a double standard, and the thing is that like as much as I I'm not a fan of Brett Kavanaugh, I'm not defending him, but like the people that were really mad about that, the people that were you know that just absolutely despised him, mm-hmm. a lot of those same people or those same type of people at least are willing to just sit back and give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt because he's not Donald Trump. It's like, well, wait a minute. You can't you can't claim some sort of moral superiority over everybody else and claim to be siding with victims all the time and then just be like, "Oh, well, uh, uh, Joe, Joe Biden, he's our he's our only hope against Donald Trump now." No, it's he's like, not. Th- th- like that's not that's not how any of this works. He and that's not. the thing. We just I... don't I remember I was complaining about Joe Biden and how just everything that's going on with him and my friends like one of my friends looked at me and he's like what are you on the Trump train now and I was like no like I'm not like not on the not on the Trump train by any means but also like 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 he and maybe he like we were all like joking around like I had like a couple of drinks at one point, like, like we were all joking around and like FaceTime and everything, but I'm like, I was like, I was like, no, I'm not on the Trump train. Like Joe Biden is a, is a terrible, is not a good person. Like both are terrible people. 
Joe I, Biden well, doesn't Joe Biden doesn't give a shit about me or you. Well, any any career politician really just doesn't. And that's that's kind of the thing is that trying to I think there's a solid argument to be made that like the president of the United States should be a a fairly morally sound person, you know? Like the 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 claimed leader of the free world should be a should be a reasonably decent person but anybody who's in the realm of politics anybody anybody who sits back at the end of the day right yeah anybody who sits who lays back in bed at the end of the day and thinks i i should be president of the united states or i should be a senator or a congressman or like an elected official or something like to sit there and have that thought Mm -hmm. that's that just betrays like a level of ego that is so so like off-putting in my mind and that's why i don't get like the fandoms for elected officials like they're elected officials they're supposed to be public servants like well like that's why like as much as i agree with some of bernie sanders politics and some of his policies that he wants to do i absolutely hate hate bernie supporters and bernie bros I think they are very annoying people. Yeah, that's the, like... Especially on, like, social media and everything. I'm just like, God, can you just... Like, I get it. He's great. Like, shut the fuck up. In his... In that particular case, like, that is absolutely... I think that Bernie Sanders is probably the most inspirational, aspirational uh, political candidate that we're probably going to ever see in our lifetimes. Like, that is as close to, like, a quote-unquote pure politician as I think we're going to get, regardless of whether or not you like his actual specific policies and stuff from everything that we've seen and everything that, you know, the people around him have said, he seems to be talking the talk and walking the walk. But again, you have to be, you have to be highly suspect of literally anybody who sits back and goes, I think I should be president of the United States because what, like that is a level of ego that is, so insane to me (laughs) i'll i'll give bernie sanders this and one of the things i respect about him is at least he's been consistent in everything that he has believed in throughout the years like which is a double-edged sword I will oh yeah, say. of course, because there are definitely Republicans who have thought the same way their entire career. Well, but- and and not only that, but I also think that um and this kind of ties back a little bit into the discussion of Biden and um um oh god, what's his name? Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I think that not enough people realize that there needs to be room for people to grow and improve and change and like that's, that's especially, especially in the especially in the realm of politics you know there's i think on the one hand like yeah it's a it's a valid criticism to throw at somebody to be like well this you know this presidential candidate uh voted in favor of the iraq war but on the flip side of things like back in back in 2001 2002 like you could it's not a big stretch of the imagination to uh, to imagine these politicians sitting back and going yeah we had a major attack on american soil we yeah. should probably retaliate like that's yeah. again not i am by no means a fan of the iraq war like don't get me wrong but 
Please you know, attack us on social media. Please yeah, take oh, all man. our all the Dude, things we said out of come context. At, come at me, anybody <laughs> in the sound of my voice. Please Dude, cancel me on Twitter. I dare please, you. Please, please get take everything we say on out of context. My mother like, tells me on a frequent basis that I <laughs> that I should have been a politician. Debate me. Let's go. But. <laughs> Here's, here's come my, for me come for me on twitter you weirdos here's my and maybe this is a hot take but maybe it's not i think i think any and i didn't i don't think we expected to talk about this much in politics today um just let's run for it there's not there ain't much going on in the age of the coronavirus so that is true but we're we're just here to bullshit on any given week. This might be a hot take. It might not be, but I think it's crazy for any young person who was a Bernie supporter back in 2015 and 2016 to vote for the Democratic Party after they fucking screwed Bernie for the Democratic nomination. I think it's crazy for any young person who is a Bernie supporter. Bernie bro, back in that day, to willingly vote Democrat. I don't... Well, here's my thing. I don't think it's crazy for them to do that. I don't think it's... I don't think I'm it's insane for them to do that. I think... But I think that by doing it, it betrays that they're like... It betrays that their moralistic approach to things, right? Their whole like, well, Bernie or bust because I'm only going to vote for like a morally pure candidate or whatever. If they then turn around... If those people, if those people were making those kind of claims in either of the past two election cycles, and then they go and they vote for Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, it's like, oh, okay. So it wasn't really all that important to you. It wasn't really all that much of a moral argument. So why were you posturing on social media like a freaking weirdo? Like, yeah. it's politics. These people aren't your friends. And they again. Don't... If they're going to be an elected official, they've got to have some sort of sense of ego, especially yeah. in the system that we have right now. Why would you trust somebody like that? But you still got to end. And again, yeah. the flip, the flip side of that coin being like, I still believe that you got to do your patriotic duty. You got to show up to the polls. You got to go vote. You got to go vote your conscience and do everything that you can. Oh, yeah. You, you know? absolutely have to. But in the, no in no way right now, May 5th, 2020. I can vote for either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Can't do it. And and I don't think there's. I don't. And get you the could shaming. tell me. You could tell me I'm throwing my vote away by voting for like Gary Johnson or whoever votes third party, like Jill Stein, whoever. But like that's how I feel. I think the elect. I think the electoral math shows that again, those aren't like. That's your that's your that's your right as an American to do whatever you want to do. Vote third party if you want to. Like I'm not here to try and shame anybody into that, but also the electoral math shows that it, if you do that, that's basically just handing an electoral vote for whoever the front runner is. And in 2016, the front runner was Donald Trump. So if you voted third party, you might as well have just voted for Trump. Now, that's that's from a purely that's not an emotional like but, that that comes from a purely mathematical statistical standpoint. Yeah. From a absolutely. moral from a moral standpoint and from like a reasonable logic standpoint, I would say, vote your freaking conscience. Who am I to tell you anything? Who is anybody to tell you anything? Do what you're going to do and as long true. as you're not hurting anybody, just go for it. But 
statistically speaking, a vote for a third party is a vote for whoever is winning in the electoral electoral college. But also, and I don't know if you have a Tennessee license, but I am still a registered Massachusetts voter. True. So no, so no matter what, if I vote for whoever, it's going to be a vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to get Massachusetts no matter what, unless like. Who knows well, what happens? Who knows I don't what think, happens? I, yeah, I don't think we want to be in the prediction business because you never know. Those uh, those those old timers on the Cape and the South Shore and everywhere might uh, you never know. They might well them and them and the gamish gamish well, like, rise up. Well, like I I like I mean I said before all this beer virus shit happened. Like oh Joe Biden has the uh the 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 nomination. Like okay, you basically handed it over to Trump, but. The way that Trump has handled all this, it's been bad. It oh, hasn't been yeah. good. It's been, it's been, and don't even try to debate us on this. Like, it is, it's been bad. Like, his response hasn't been good. It's, uh, on, on any We've level. We've known about this since January. But he's not He's a, done nothing. And he's not a functional human being. He's just not, he's just well, not a functional human neither is Joe Biden. Being. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Like, this is, Joe, <laughs> yeah. like Joe Biden has early onset dementia. Oh, it ain't that early. Dude's ancient. He has dementia. He absolutely does. The dude is cooked. Yeah, I mean, and so is Trump. It's there's no winning. But like, there's no Joe, winning in politics in the year 2020. It's just Joe Biden is more ugh. cooked. Like Joe Biden is burnt toast compared <laughs> to Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I entirely toast. buy that. I think they're on the same level of just like, man, those those men. Those men do not have functioning frontal cortexes. It's just they just don't. It's an undeniable fact. All right, let's. But we'll cap that. We'll cap off that conversation <laughs> by just saying like, think for yourself, dude. Vote how you're gonna vote. Take in all the information that you can from as many sources as you can. Form your own opinions. Be your own person, and go and vote. Do your do your patriotic duty, man. You're yeah. afforded you're afforded that power, and like there are a lot of forces at work on both sides of the aisle in all levels of the government. Like there's a lot of people that are trying to take that away from you. Like be a goddamn fight. American. Yeah, fight for that. Be the like. Just to, a, j- do do your friggin' job, dude. It's it's that simple. Okay, That's all that Bill, needs to Bill be said. Check. Well, we're t- listen. This has largely been a Patriots podcast. We get to. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just just do your job. Show up. Vote. Be be an educated, thinking person. Don't just take things from one source or the other and take it as the gospel truth. Look it up. Friggin' the United States revealed that they've seen they revealed ufo footage in the past week like all bets are off tom delong tom delong was right okay we're living in a different world now and all we can do is just hold on to whatever rights and freedoms we still have so just just do what you got to do you should only listen to fox news fox news is the only rectable news source please take everything actually don't take everything i say out of context take Take everything Sean Hannity says out of context, and it'll still be just as batshit crazy as it was in context. 
<laughs> but moving away from the politics of it all, uh, we had a couple of different ideas for what we were going to uh, what we were going to touch on this podcast. I think we were leaning a little a little bit more towards the uh, the entertainment side of things. So, uh, what you want to talk about, bro? Well, like I saw, I mentioned this meme that I saw, or like the um, so there's a meme or like a a thing going on. It's usually like in the sports community on like social media, and I'll send it to you right now where you build a team for fifteen dollars you sent this to me yeah i sent this to you a little bit ago i don't see it in the messages anymore um but i just resent it and this is from i saw this on patriots.news.365 that instagram account um i think it was floating around for a couple of days i don't know if they came up with this um but i think it's pretty interesting um, so it's $5, $4, $3, and a $2, and a $1 section. And I think we can, I think we can post this on the Instagram and on the Twitter so that yeah. people can kind of look at it and follow along and we don't have to read out an entire grid worth of players. Yeah. Um, to give some context, so let's start off position by position. So for quarterback, it's, and we'll build our teams together, perhaps. If that's, uh, that's something you want to do. We can do that. All right. So for $5, it's Tom Brady. $4, it's Drew Bledsoe. 3 is Jimmy Garoppolo. $2 is Doug Flutie. And then $1 is Brian Hoyer. Um, you would be absolutely ridiculous not to pick Tom Brady here. I, like, I don't see how you cannot pick Tom Brady in this. Nice to meet you, Arthur Myers. He My name is ridiculous. What? Whoa. When, when you first sent this to me. You disagree with me. I Well, listen, it's build a lineup for $15 out of all of these options. I got to keep. Okay. I got to keep. I'm not blowing a third of my money on my quarterback. I'm going to take this from a very Belichick perspective. Oh, Bill Belichick. Ah, okay. I'm going to be smart with the money because I don't want to run up against that cap like we have. What are you going to have season. leftover money? I might have leftover money. <laughs> Dude, I'm spending it all. All right. Whatever, man. All right. Then then who would you pick out of Brady, Bledsoe, Jimmy, Flutie, or Hoyer? Well, here's the thing. When you first sent it to me, I was kind of thinking along the lines that you were. I was thinking, man, should probably should probably just vote for Brady. Should probably spend the five dollars and make Tom Brady my quarterback. But I got a little bit of a soft spot for Drew Bledsoe. I think if he hadn't had a, I think if he hadn't had like a career-ending basically hit, he could have been. He could have been. Uh, so we could have had similar results under him for a couple more years. Ooh, I don't know about that. But that's not who I'm picking, though. Thank you, Mo Williams. I'm going, <laughs> I'm spending $3, and I'm taking Jimmy G. Jimmy Jesus. And here's why. Okay. It's $3, so I got more money to spend on running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive lineman. But he's also more mobile and he's younger. So I feel like it's a wiser, I think it's a wiser move to spend the $3, have him as my quarterback and give him time to grow than it is to take the goat for the most money. Well, like, let's, let's assume everyone is in their prime, though. I mean, Jimmy G is in his prime right now. 
and I will say Jimmy G's in his prime. We've only really had one season. We've only really had one full season to see him playing in his prime. But that doesn't mean that he couldn't come back. Uh, I mean, he this coming the... season or the next season, and you know, make his way to the Super Bowl again. You know, it's it's undeniable. Yeah. He, he, he. I mean, had, he had a good team around him. Like the 49ers I'll... were the best team in the NFC this season. Like it's and part of that, as much as much as people don't want to admit it, part of it was because you had Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a more mobile Tom Brady like character. You know, a little bit, a little bit better coaching, uh, and a little bit more luck, and I really think they should have been Super Bowl winners this past season. Like he's a great quarterback, and at three dollars, <laughs> at three dollars compared to Brady's five, I'm taking Jimmy G. Okay, that's that's fair. I can definitely, I can respect it, but I disagree. I think you got to take Brady here. I mean, it's 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 tempting. It, it's like, real tempting, but I don't know. I think I think for my money, the the three dollars for Jimmy G is a smarter move. So all let's right. Uh, all right, let's do running back here. And for running back, it's Curtis Martin. You know, '90s legend. Keith or uh, Kevin Falk. I'm sorry, Corey Dillon, Jason or is it Jason White? James White, I believe. James White. I am sorry. I have have a, a little bit too much. Um, and Legarrette Blunt. I'm curious to see where do you go with this one. Now, again, if we're talking about players in their prime, okay, Legarrette Blount is a fucking steal at one dollar. Yeah, that's if we're if we're playing this game as if all of the players on this grid are in their prime. Yeah, I'm taking Legarrette Blount for one dollar. That's just that running game's insane. You're you're good. That's that's a no brainer for me. I mean. I think he's a great option there. Um, I think he's a steal. He is so tempting to take at $1. But? But, but I think I have to take Corey Dillon here. The mid-level, um, the mid-level, the mid-level money there is tempting, yes. Um, like, so for Corey Dillon, what he did in his prime, like the first year that we had him, 1,600 yards, almost five yards a carry, 12 touchdowns, and every season he had with us, he had minimum 12 touchdowns. McGarrett Blunt didn't have that. Curtis Martin, I mean, here's the thing, like running backs for the Patriots are a dime a dozen. Like, it doesn't matter who you put back there. Like, they're going to succeed no matter what. Well, and that's part of the that's part of the thing with this game is that you can't have an entire roster. So it's it's more about who do you want who do you want the most, who's most important to you. So I think, yeah, that's a that yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, Corey Dillon is more important to me. I mean, he he was part of that good um I mean he wasn't part of that Patriots team that went sixteen and zero. He was a little too old at that point, but I mean, if he was part of it, who's to say you wouldn't have done like the same numbers? You're not wrong. So that puts you at what? You I'm spent... at eight eight dollars so far. You're at four. Spent twice as much money as you. And this is where it gets interesting. Okay, wide receiver here: Randy Moss for five, Wes Welker for four, Julian Edelman for three, Troy Brown for two. And for one dollar, Danny Amendola. I'm gonna go spend. I'm gonna spend five dollars. Mm. But I'm wow. Not, but I'm not taking Randy Moss. You? Oh, what? I'm getting Julian Edelman and Troy Brown. 
I think it's one per per position though. That's how it worked. Usually, uh, it says it says build a lineup for fifteen dollars. It okay. doesn't say you can only pick one. So I'm I'm making my own rules. I'm taking Troy Brown and Julian Edelman. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will. Uh, we'll see how the internet feels about that. <laughs> but I. So why why those? Uh. Mr. Mr. Squirrel, Mr. Mr. Iron Man, Mr. Edelman, um, mm-hmm. integral part of the Patriots' offense, basically since he got here. Right. He's in, he's he he's good at everything he does. He's got that leadership quality. He's just he's a great all-around player. And to see him for three dollars is a you know that's selling him a little bit short. I would have put him in the four dollars and let Wes Welker be at the three-dollar mark. Um, so it's kind of a steal to take him at the $3 and he's just, uh, for everything that he does and the way that he is just able to like, he gets out there and he runs his routes and this past season, not his greatest. He was fighting through a bunch of injuries and stuff, but like, right. he just produces, he does what he, he does what needs to get done and he does it while like just taking an absolute pounding. It's, you know, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. And then, uh, Troy Brown, purely a legacy pick. Like it's just... It would just be cool to see. It would be cool to see Troy Brown uh, playing alongside him and just, uh, just, just, just catching balls, man. It's what, it's what they do. I mean, like Troy Brown is my besides Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't count as favorite Patriots goes. Like, I mean, that's too easy to say. You know what I mean? Like, it's like saying, um, like your favorite. Um, I don't know. You know, but um. Like, Troy Brown is my favorite Patriot, like, probably my favorite Patriot of all time besides Tom Brady and Drew, Bl- uh, not Drew Bledsoe, uh, Teddy Bruschi. True. Those are my two favorite, like, from way back then, when, um, and Edelman for $3, he's a steal at that spot. Um, That's real. Now, my thing with Edelman is he's been around for a long time in the NFL. He's been, I mean, he's been a pro for 10 years at this point but was kind of just living in the shadow of Wes Welker for a long time. Wes Welker is the original Julian Edelman. That's true. Um, um, I'll never forget. There's, there's, um, you're going to talk about the mic'd up moment. Well, there's, there's a, um, there's a, there's the NFL network documentary series called a football life. And they're, they do one on Bill Belichick. It's a two-part series. And there's, there's, it's like uh, filmed during 2009, 2008. Uh, the year that Brady came back after his ACL tear. And he, he um, there was a moment in a preseason game where Julian Edelman uh, returns a kick, like a punt return, all the way for a touchdown. Rookie Julian Edelman. And Bill Belichick turns to Wes Welker and he's like, oh, I guess you don't have to do uh, oh, maybe runs like that. Maybe you won't have to do uh, like punt returns anymore, kick returns anymore, because at the time, Wes Welker was a kick returner for the Patriots. And Wes Welker is like, yeah, just give it to him. <laughs> Bill Belichick joked around and was like, oh, yeah, there's the competitive spirit right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the competitive <laughs> spirit we're looking for. Yeah, but, I know that moment. That's that's priceless. That's that, that's, that's hilarious. So, that's vintage Belichick right there. Yeah, that was a, like a subtle dig right there. Um, Wes Welker is one of my favorite Patriots of all time. Like I and like the consistency, man. Like 
He had such a good streak. He was the best weapon. I think you could say he is the best weapon, consistent weapon Brady has ever had. Yeah, I'd say uh, most consistent is probably viable. I mean, like, he is not the most talented. Brady Moss is probably the most talented Brady has ever had, as or maybe Gronk. Well, and in terms of wide receiver. Yeah. Randy Moss. Yeah, wide receiver is, at least. Which is why he's $5. Oh, yeah. Like, and deservably so. But I think you have to, I have to go Wes Welker here. All right. So what does that, what does that put us at? I'm at, so I've spent $9. I am at 12. So I have $3 left for this. All right. Let's move on to tight end. Um, I guess I'll start off with this. This is controversial. And I mean, you can't condone what this person has done, what this man has done in his life. But Aaron Hernandez, man, like it's a shame what the what path he chose and what he did with his life. Um, but I gotta, I think, he, man, he was really talented. He was a talented football it, player. Which makes it all the more sad that he decided to go the way that he did. Yeah, of course. But that's a. I mean, again, removing this from the bigger conversations. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez for $1, kind of a steal. And I, 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 I was like contemplating taking him at that spot because like morally, I don't know if I, I mean, man, yeah. he is. Well, if we're speaking from a moral perspective, you just can't. But I can't. But, again, for terms of the game, yeah, dig him. But here's the thing with, with all the other tight ends, like Gronk, I think, man, it's it's hard not to take him there. But ben you don't Coke, have the money. Well, yeah. Ben Coates. Ben Coates was a solid option in the 90s. Unfortunately, never saw him play. Actually, we never even mentioned who was in this section to begin with. So for $5, it is Rob Gunkrowski. $4, it's Ben Coates. $3, it's Ben Watson. And for $2, it is Marquise Bennett. And $1, it's Aaron Hernandez. And... But also, Ben Coates was a good option for the Patriots. Didn't play that long, though. True. Um, so you're taking, you're going to take Hernandez for a dollar? Yep, because Bennett couldn't catch shit. He, was, he wasn't that good for the Patriots. That's not even that much of a hot take. He wasn't that good for them. True. With, with my money, I'm finally spending the big bucks. Oh? I'm paying the $5. Tanking Gronk, no-brainer. Best tight end that we have ever seen for the Patriots or really for any other team. An absolute animal That's on fair. and off the field. It's got it's got to be Rob Gronkowski. Take, taking him and running with him. That's there's they, they you know everything that could be said about Rob Gronkowski has been said. That's who I'm taking, which puts me at ten, eleven. So I'm at fourteen dollars. So I got one dollar left for an offensive lineman. So I'm going to take Bruce Armstrong at this position. Um, Never got to see him play. He played from 1987. Actually, I keep forgetting that you guys aren't seeing this. So I will, I guess I will mention the names. There is John Hanna, Hall of Famer. That is the $5 pick. $4 pick is Logan Mankins. $3 is Matt Light. $2 is Bruce Armstrong. And then Nate Solder for $1. Um, now I'm going to pick Bruce Armstrong, six time pro bowler, three time second team, all pro. And, you know, he is a Patriots hall of famer. 
I mean, like he is a he's gonna protect Brady's blind side. He's an offensive tackle. Um and block for Corey Dillon. All right. And with my one dollar left, I'm gonna take Nate Solder. And I'm not mad about it because he might have the most he might have the easiest name recognition of the five options there. I mean, he is the most recent Patriot out of all of them. That's true. Like, I remember when they drafted Logan Mankins. That was, it was like after they won the Super Bowl against the Eagles. I remember that. I was like, oh. It was like the first NFL draft I ever watched. Hmm. Yeah, so Nate Solder, pretty easy pick. One, because I didn't have any money left over. And two, because, you know, I like the guy. Yeah, you also picked two wide receivers. I did pick two wide receivers. Yeah, you greedy bitch. Hey. <laughs> gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, I was I was Edelman and Troy Brown. Brady would So <laughs> Brady What? If they were well, again, assuming that everybody here is playing in their prime, you couldn't ask for a lot more. No, you couldn't. Like everyone is a good everyone's a good solid pick. I mean, keep fuck I mean, um, Kevin Falk is a better version of James White. I will say that. They're basically like the same player in yeah. that Corey Dillon couldn't catch at all. He was more of like a either like a Curtis Martin or a Garrett Blunt. But I mean, hey. So those are our picks. My picks are Tom Brady, Corey Dillon, Wes Welker, Aaron Hernandez, and Bruce Armstrong. My picks are Jimmy Garoppolo, Garrett Blount. Julian Edelman, Troy Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Nate Solder. And hit us up on social media if you disagree, and also play along with us at home. Again, and let can, us know uh, about your picks. Yeah, we'll post the uh, we'll post the photo up on the on the Instagram and the Twitter. If you guys are interested in seeing it and doing it for yourselves. All right. You want to talk about entertainment? Let's talk a little bit about entertainment. Uh, I know you wanted to bring some stuff up. Yeah, I had a couple of... I wanted to go a little bit high fidelity here and talk about some... Uh, do some lists. Um, Ooh. We're already... Uh, dude, we're already it is a, list season, my dude. Yeah, I didn't I didn't participate much in, uh, in Listmas uh, this past year. I took a little bit of a hiatus from... Well, I've taken a lot of bit of a hiatus about writing about music, mm-hmm. which I used to do on a frequent basis. Um so I didn't feel super inclined after this past year to put together, you know, top albums of the year or whatever. But I had some ideas of just like top three lists that we could do. And we can kind of finish up the podcast on this note uh, for this week. Uh, we can do, we can keep the sports going with top three Boston sports players. We can do top three albums or top three movies kind of playing off the TV show discussion that we had, whatever it was last week or two weeks ago. Uh, I'm fine with I'm fine with anything, dude. Like whatever you feel. Let's save the uh, let's save the albums and the movies so that we can actually spend some time and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll pick something that we can kind of do a deep dive on for next week. But Mm. uh, let's keep the sports talk going for a little bit. Uh, let's do top three Boston sports players. Ooh, like in our lifetime or like ever? Oh, all time, all time, top three, all time Boston sports players. Any of the Boston teams, like that we've seen, that I've seen or play personally, or like. Oh no 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 no! Because that would ruin my uh, that would ruin my number one. So we gotta do we gotta do all time any era. It's gotta be one of the existing teams. You can't be. I don't know that you would, but it can't be like Boston Braves or something. It's gotta be, gotta be. 
gotta be it's gotta be the it's gotta be teams that still exist so red sox patriots bruins celtics okay so the made four major um top three players you want me to uh you want me to reveal my number one right off the bat first i mean if you want to just go ahead with it dude whip it out oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the uh the man the myth the legend who has a statue outside of the boston garden as we speak bobby orr Bobby freaking or number four revolutionary player. And that's, that's not, that's not even a hot take. That man revolutionized not only the defensive position in hockey, but like the game of hockey in general. Well, dude, he was the first defenseman that really scored the puck before that. Like no defenseman really decided to like shoot the puck or like score goals and shit like that defensemen weren't going over the blue line yeah they weren't he, and he, he was just so he was so ridiculously fast and just so um so adept on on the ice that he could go and make offensive plays he could go and score goals and still make it back in front of his goalie in time to do his job as a defenseman so that's your number one. That's I am my shocked. My number one, number four, Bobby Orr, because he's just like there's not, there are not a lot of players in any sport anywhere, but there's definitely not a lot of players in Boston sports, I would say, that are revolutionary, that actually change the face of the game that they are playing. And that's that, that's fair to say. So to have to have somebody like that in the Boston sports like lexicon um actually i'm sorry to change mid thing or like mid uh segment here but what if we did mount rushmore a boston sports instead so four guys yeah four guys instead of the top three we can do four guys i'm sorry for changing it no that's that's fine gives us a little bit of wiggle room yeah for uh mount rushmore of boston sports my uh so my i guess george washington (laughs) (laughs) i mean hey whatever whatever you want to call it yeah, my I guess my George Washington would be Bobby Orr because it's not every it, it's not every day, it's not even every decade that you get a player that change literally changes the game. Um, and that's what you got out of Bobby Orr. And there, you know, there's a reason why he's got a statue of the Mother's Day Mother's Day 1970, mm-hmm. the year they won the cup. Yeah, I think so. Um, the famous the famous picture of him flying after winning that uh winning that goal getting that goal in overtime is uh it's immortalized outside of the garden um and i think that is that is for good reason it's i think one of he, the most famous like videos in not just hockey but like in sports in general yeah well you can't you can't talk about you especially can't talk about the old boston garden without talking yeah. about that goal and that man. No, you can't. He is uh yeah, he's 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 legendary. And I'm not sure I'll reveal it here on the podcast. I never actually revealed it on Instagram. Um I was watching some the other day I was watching some old uh documentaries on the old Boston Garden and just Boston sports history and whatever. And on Instagram I posted a black background with the hashtag 13909 and I got a couple of messages from people asking what 13909 was. Uh, 13,909 seats in the original, or not seats, it was the original capacity. 13,909 was the capacity of the old Boston Garden. I mean, that's... I mean, to put it into perspective right now, where I work at the Barclays Center, I think their capacity is like 16,000, maybe 17. Yeah. 
like maybe I mean it it's different per event, obviously, but let's say like sixteen thousand for like a typical basketball game. So you're wow. missing three thousand seats there. Yeah. That's crazy. That is. That's small. So yeah, number number one on my list. Mr. Wow. Bobby Orr. Wow. I mean, for me personally, Tom Brady. Tom right, Brady. Yeah. And it's not even number one. It's it I'm not putting mine in order. I'm just like saying mine through whatever. That's fair. You can't like you can't talk about New England sports, Boston sports without Tom Brady. Yeah, that's and I think everyone can agree with that. No one can like disagree, have a hot take or anything like that. It's it's a pretty reasonable take to have. Well, even with him gone, like that doesn't that's not really good that's really not tarnishing his legacy. It doesn't take away anything that he did while he was a member of that team. Like he is Yeah. You know, Tom Brady exemplified Boston sports for uh, most of yeah the majority of our lifetimes it's been you know tom brady's been top dog and he's he is also on my list he is number three uh because i'm doing mine yeah. in order i'm uh, not, so we'll, so we'll yeah. get to that but yeah but, tom brady where do you I, pick and i will i will tell you this because right now the way that the the nfl schedule is looking not this year but next year tom brady and the patriots are going to be playing each other and if the buccaneers just so happen to come to new england i better i would be so disappointed if patriots fans boo him i would be so disappointed i'd be so mad by that yeah i can't i can't picture it happening I, I can't. It, I don't. Think I can't picture it happen. I can't picture it happening either. And if people are that bitter and booing him, shame on them. I would agree. But who knows if that even happens at this point? Like we don't know what's going to happen at any point with anything. True. But go ahead with your number two. Number two on my list, David Ortiz. Ooh, I. Member of the member of the 2004 curse-breaking World Series champion Boston Red Sox. Um, if that was the only criteria, then there were a lot of people that could fit into that slot. But the thing that makes him—he's gotten us top three. figure. Yeah, not not only not only has he gotten us three, but the thing that makes him top, like number number two, I think Bobby Bobby Orr just being the revolutionary figure that he was earns him the number one spot. The thing that puts David. Ortiz at a solid, very close number two in the wake of the Boston bombings, the marathon Mm. bombings. When he took that mic and just completely off the cuff, it's like, this is our fucking city. That is a, that is such a, like, it's an emotionally resonant moment, even for, even for non like real sports fans in the city of Boston to have it, to have somebody who is already an icon like that, that just, you know, in a public forum, he didn't pull any punches. He just went and he said, he "This said is what, our effing city." Yeah, he like that was like one. It was a ballsy move to do on live TV and in front of that entire stadium of people. But two, like it was <laughs> just, it was just true. It was resonant. It was good. And like that is like he exemplifies what it's like to be a leader in a Boston sports team, and just like he's an icon. He's he's uh, that's number number two on the list for sure. He is one person I am surprised the Red Sox never made a captain. Oh, I could I could absolutely see that. But like as, he but he wasn't a captain though. I know. But that's a that's a good point. I wonder why he never was. Like I I think before him for like 
like captain it was like uh it was jason veritek and then he was yeah he was our last captain that we ever had hmm. but veritek, veritek gets honorable mention he was the thing is he was never like a great i mean he had a couple moments here and there he was a good player like not disrespecting the man in any sort of way like i loved him like he won but, two uh, world series with us not a hall of fame by any means yeah, but he he falls into the same kind of category as um as uh Devin McCourty. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not oh, yeah. the, he's not even the great he's not even the greatest at his position, but as the captain. Yeah. He absolutely a you know, there was a there was a gravitas. There was an there was an energy there that he provided that was necessary regardless of, you know, sheer athletic ability. So I will oh, say that Veritech gets an honorable mention, but he's not on my list. Of course. Um, so yeah, my number two, David big, Ortiz. Big, big Poppy. Big Poppy is on my list. Um, I think you have to. He had two so many big moments. Like you can't even you can't even think of all of them. I mean, people will people will try to disrespect him by saying, "Oh, he was only a DH. Like he never actually played the field. He never actually fielded anything." But like. He was playing in the American League, son. He didn't need to. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. He, like, he did what he needed to do. He did... When he needed to do it. Well, like, the whole point of a designated hitter is to fucking rake. To fucking hit. Hit those dangers. And what does he do? He he hit. That's what he did. And that was the whole point. And he tattooed more than his fair share of balls. Yeah, he was. And like he was clutch. Now, did he maybe juice? Who knows? Like I mean, there was something about him testing positive. Who knows if he's gonna be a Hall of Famer? Who knows anything? But like, you know what? 2013, I'll I'll never forget like the Boston bombings and him being like him being this is our fucking city and seeing that on live tv that wasn't bleeped out are you kidding yeah, me so, somebody somebody fucked up that uh that seven second delay I or am, they just or they just let it ride i just remember seeing that i hope I was somebody like, was in i hope somebody was in the censorship office i hope someone was in the censorship office and was like you know what it's the city of Boston. They des- they deserve this one. They were just like, fuck it, dude. <laughs> Fucking let them have it. Fucking um, dude. So, yeah, David Ortiz is my number two. And he's, you're not doing yours in order, but David Ortiz is up there for you too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you, got, you have Brady and Ortiz. I have Orr and Ortiz. Uh, my number three on my list is Mr. Tom Brady. For all the reasons that we said earlier, just he's an icon in Boston sports. He... He is um, even more, even more so than we've seen. We've seen every major Boston sports team now win a championship in our lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, most of those belong to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and uh, we would not, we would not be, we would not be title town the way that we are uh, without Mr. Tom Brady under center. It's Michael Jordan esque. Actually, it basically is Michael Jordan. I mean, like, yeah, Michael- he is. He is. I mean, that's why people call him the greatest of all time. He is. He is. I think the best team athlete uh, that we have seen in our lifetimes so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there are, and I say team athlete because I do think that there are other there are other people in the National Football League. There are other people that play with Tom Brady that are better athletes, but I don't think I don't think there is a better team player leader. Yeah. Um, 
that we have seen in our lifetimes. I mean, I'll and, say I'll say this about Tom Brady. He is not the most talented quarterback in the world. No, I mean, he's like, the luckiest quarterback in the world. I would no, I wouldn't say luckiest. I think he is the hardest working quarterback of all time. I think he's the hardest working, but I don't think he would have been afforded that if, you know, and I, Belichick Belichick and the Patriots took a chance on him. He was lucky to get that chance. He was lucky to get the chance at the starting gig yeah. when he did because of the hit on Drew Bledsoe. You know, he has had, he has lucked out. He's like, created a little bit of his own luck by taking, you know, he, he has was worked taking, hard himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not to discount any of the actual hard work that he's put in and, you know, the leadership capability that he obviously has, but he's also lucked out and created a little bit of his own luck by taking, you know, by taking pay cuts and by, you know, really helping the organization while he was here. But I mean, he is the luckiest and by ex- he's the luckiest quarterback of all time, but he is the greatest team athlete of all time because of who he is. Absolutely. The decisions that he made and, you know, a little bit of the luck that he managed to have, he that that he has he has earned the right to be the greatest, you know, team sports player of all time and he makes it onto the Mount Rushmore of Boston sports because he did everything that he did in the city. Absolutely. So that's my that's my number three pick. Um, hmm. shoot, man, I gotta I gotta go Larry Bird here. <sighs> yeah, I just I finally finished the last part of the Celtics uh the Celtics Lakers rivalry the thirty for thirty on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, there's a solid argument, and he probably should be my number four, but he isn't. But yeah, Larry Bird. I mean, wor- do you worthy. have a do you have a Celtics player in your top four? Uh, I do not. Wow. What? Yep. How? Okay. Let's. I just want to try to unpack this real quick. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm just not that big of a fan of basketball. But like, you can't talk about Boston sports without the Celtics. Like, you can't talk like. We have the most championships in basketball. The most winningest team. It's yeah, yeah, the most winningest team but, in, in basketball. But I don't care about I don't care about basketball, and it's my list. I can do what I want. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but Larry Bird, absolutely worthy. Larry Bird, I mean, he. What do you got to say? Like he's he's won a couple MVPs, a couple championships, 80s legend. Him and Magic Johnson basically saved the NBA. If they didn't come along and play and have the if the Celtics and the Lakers didn't have just the legendary rivalry. We wouldn't be talking about the NBA the way that we we talk about it now and the way that we watch it and everything like that. Like the NBA is the second biggest sports league in the entire world, perhaps. Maybe even the biggest. But like at least it's the one of the more important leagues in the entire world at this point. And then MJ kind of like revolutionized and like made it go further. But Larry Bird was a catalyst for that. Led us to so much um so many good moments in Boston sports in the eighties. Three-time NBA champ, two-time MVs, M- finals MVP, and three-time most valuable player. Three years in a row. Yeah. I mean, that's something to be said. You're right. No, absolutely. Absolutely worthy of being up on that Mount Rushmore. So who's that? You're, that's your number three? That is my number three. Or your three. third pick because you're not doing it in order. Yeah, I'm not doing it in order. Um, so my number three was Tom Brady. My number four is a purely selfish pick. It better not be Julian Edelman. If it's Julian Edelman, I'm canceling your fucking whole list. 
it's not Jules. If it was Jules, I would I would immediately hang up and abruptly end this this podcast. I'm not sure you're going to be that much of a fan of my pick anyway. I mean, I'm probably not. It better not be Nomar either. Uh, you hit the nail on the head there, my guy. God fucking damn it. <laughs> what did Nomar do except get hurt the whole time and marry Mia Hamm? Uh, first of all, That's marrying all- Mia Hamm is a legendary move. But that's all he did. He was part of the 2004 Sox before he got, he got traded off like mid-season, but he was that's still a, part of that team. That's a bias pick, dude. That's, it's, that, I no. know. That's what I was saying. It's an absolute bias pick, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a, I wouldn't give a damn about sports if it weren't for Nomar Grassi-Para. That was my first favorite player. He that was doesn't my first favorite belong player. in any Mount Rushmore oh, in man. Boston. I just, I love... He doesn't belong I, on any Mount Rushmore. I love every part of it. I love the I love the gloves. I love the ridiculous stances. I love oh, the back I, and forth with the bat. God like every, everything it, I, he I did. I hated this. The, 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 God. The uh, back and forth with the gloves and the, and the toe taps and the, oh man. Just, thank God we traded him away. Oh, thank love God. every part of it. No more Garcia Parr is my fourth pick just because he's the reason shame. that I give a damn about sports at all. Shame. Yeah, you can shame me all you want, but shame. Oh, also, um, honorable mention to Brad Marchand for no other reason that uh, I just I I love the fact that he was licking people. I mean, that's just funny. I don't it's, know if he. <laughs> it's, it's the most ridiculous intimidation tactic, but it's so effective. What would you do? Imagine, imagine being in some sort of like aggressive, like back and forth with somebody or playing a game and someone just comes up to you and licks you straight up the face like a dog. How do you recover from that? You're screwed for the rest of that game. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, if, if, if you put it into perspective, Brad Marchand, I'm like looking at it right now. Brad Marchand is listed as 5'9". How how tall... <laughs> now, I am like 5'11". Same. Something around there. And, I mean, we're, we're like fairly average. We're average height. We're average human beings. But we're like, above. We're we're above average. We're above the uh, the average height of an American male. Oh, we got I didn't that, know that. We got that going for us. Oh man, better than average. Um, it's the only time either of us can say that about anything we do. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm the smartest fucking human alive. <laughs> Smarter than Stephen Hawking's. Whoa. Anyway, you know what? You know what? I'll agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I'm gonna. A... I'm gonna make sure that that's written on your tombstone <laughs> when you pass Dan... away. Da- Here lies Dan Mayotte, smarter than Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but uh, all right, I think the only way you could put Brad or. Uh... <laughs> No more. The only way that you could put no more on the list is if he if we were living in a world where he never got hurt and it was because there was a time back in early 2000 and like the late 90s who's better no more or 
Derek Jeter. Like, that was a serious debate going on. Like, that was, it was like, who is better between these two young shortstops, Derek Jeter or Nomar? Garcia Parra. There are some people who said that Nomar was better. Derek Jeter had the longevity with him. If Nomar had the longevity that Derek Jeter had, I think there's a solid argument he can make the Mount Rushmore. But I, I... Well, here's the thing. He's, I mean, he's your Mount Rush. It's your Mount Rushmore. It is so Mount. Like, it is my Mount Rushmore. And here's here's the one. Here's the one legitimate argument. The one like non-selfish argument that I will make in favor of Nomar being on that mountain. Okay. Name sports players come and go all the time. Absolutely. It's you know, it's a business. People get traded. People go off. People have things that go on. How many other how many other players have been traded away from the Boston Red Sox over the course of however many years? How many of them make their way back into Fenway Park wearing another team's colors and get the kind of standing ovation greeting that Nomar got that Nomar got when he came back? That's a that is a big moment, and I think it says a lot about what he contributed to that team with the time that he had there. All right, I you lose me with that because if he did like a Johnny Damon or Kevin Euclid and go to the Yankees... Oh, well, yeah, that's a completely different story. If you're going to yeah, the Yankees, yeah. then... Especially if you're going to the Yankees directly from the Red Sox, get, get out, you're done. Yeah, no one, no one likes that. Like, I think, like... If you're if you're just like not, but I believe that wasn't the Johnny Damon trade. Johnny Damon wasn't traded; he was signed by the Yankees. It was like free yeah, agency. He, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. He got not traded. He 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 made the conscious decision to go to New York. Yeah, it was like yeah, I'm gonna go to. I remember when that happened. I was so upset. And he cut the hair. Not only not only did he go from the Red Sox to the Evil Empire. He also cut off his mane of hair and shaved his beard while he did it. He sold his soul, bastard child. I I was mad. I was upset. Um, my, because we're veering off at this point. Like, True. You gotta wrap it up. I my fourth pick. Hmm. You can go a number of different ways. I think. I think I want to keep it one per team. Just okay. to be fair. Uh, but there are some other people that are more deserving. Um, and that makes no sense the way that I say that. But I'm going to say Bobby Orr for this just because I want one for each team. Um, yeah, all right. So we're three out of three out of four. Like whatever, we're everything AJ page. said. But I think Bill Russell deserves to be on that Mount Rushmore as well. If there's yeah. a fifth spot... Bill Russell, you have to put him there. Um, as far as like a personal pick goes, I would pick. I'd pick Manny Ramirez. All right. Um, Man Ram, I think he was just he was my favorite player before David Ortiz. Yeah, a little bit of you like a little bit of madness, a little bit of Manny being Manny. I mean, I am a man of madness. <laughs> it, 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 like you've known me for how many years, and <laughs> you're a man of madness. My best friend is the Joker. I think is what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> oh no! What's what's that? Um, oh, I forget. I forget the Dark Knight or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. why so serious? There you go. Oh, That's what we is. were waiting there for. There it is. I just remember like all the like the why Walmart. So serious. 
like the edgy kids like getting them like, from walmart getting the walmart yeah. t-shirts yeah dude i remember oh, getting yeah. the walmart t-shirts um dude we are this is a long one tonight we're on a long one we're off on one today yeah um let's wrap it up with some recommendations that we may have let's i'm gonna let you take over first okay um i it's not a tv it's not a movie it's it's um funny enough it's a twitter account all right um it and it is this this is a twitter or a tweet uh tweeter twitter a tweeter this is a this is a person who tweets a tweeter so a twitter account called um right now it's at it's at real tough scene but he goes by barry mccockner and he is the biggest sports troller on the internet okay um slash troll on the internet and it's absolutely hilarious of like all the things that he does um like he will just post and tweet all these really edgy uh tweets on his twitter and sometimes he will um change his profile picture and his name to a high profile like nfl reporter and tweet out fake news articles or fake news and now people anyone can do that anyone can do that true any reasonable person on the internet can do that. But somehow he has this magical ability to get blue check marks and news, actual reputable news sources to retweet him, quote tweet him, <laughs> or to actually write news stories on their websites. Okay. And it is just, it's, I've been reading his Twitter for a while. The, like I've been reading his Twitter like all this weekend, and it's hilarious. Perfect. <laughs> it is a good source of entertainment. So it is, it is real tough scene at real tough scene on Twitter. Barry is his name. Barry McCochran. Um, I mean he's just a troll. Like he, <laughs> you can't take anything he says seriously. Like he will, he tears into like Tom Brady, for example. He's like, oh my god, look at this, look at this pass by Tom Brady. I literally just jizz myself, and it's literally like a two yard pass, like dump off pass that he did. He's like, wow, incredible. Like I can't believe like uh, that's a high skilled throw that nobody can else can make except for him. <laughs> Perfect. It's it's just good. It's a good meme. So that's what I would suggest to uh, if you have like an hour or so, just go through his Twitter. Fair enough. My recommendation for the week is uh, I was telling you about it before we started recording. Uh, it's a new Netflix special. It's a three parter. It's uh, two stand up comedians, uh, Tom Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. Tom Middleditch is from Silicon Valley. Uh, he was in like Verizon commercials, I think, or something. Oh um, yeah, that guy. Pretty uh, pretty well known, little nerdy dude, very funny. Uh, and Ben Schwartz, uh, probably best known as John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's a three part. It's a three part part stand up special. Um, each part is about an hour long, and it's long form improv. So they will start each. They start each episode by asking an audience member uh, something that they're excited about happening, or like what uh, what's something that they're worried about. Uh, one of the audience members, I think, I think it's the third one. One of the audience members says uh, law school finals, 
so they start asking some questions about, you know, what's going on at law school? What's, uh, you know, do you have any friends? Are there any characters kind of going, helping you out? Like, is there anything interesting about any of them or whatever? Uh, and then based on what the audience member says, they go and they put together their own improv show based on those different parts and the way that they weave them in. And it's almost like a competition between the two of them where they mm -hmm. each have an idea of where the story should go. And every single bit of dialogue, literally from the beginning, when they start asking questions to people all the way through the end, when they, you know, say, thank you, this was our show. Every part of it is improvised. None of it is premeditated. And the way that they're able to just keep it going without ever stopping. Uh, there's a couple of times where you can kind of see them, you know, you know, you can kind of see the competition between the two of them. And every once in a while, they'll like make a comment about like, oh, my God, this is going off the rails or something. Yeah. But for the most part, it is seamless. And they start transitioning between characters. And it is it. it I, I was I was doubled over at a couple of points. Just it. It's so funny. It's it's very much worth the watch. So uh, that one's up on Netflix right now. Definitely worth checking out. So yeah, I think uh, I think we've uh, I think we've bullshitted long enough for this week. Yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've put it together. So you can reach us um, at Packy Run Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and hit us up, call us out on our bullshit. You know, true. Uh, recommend you... us to your friends. Post links to uh, Anchor.fm forward slash Packy Dash Pod. Um, or it's Packy Dash Run actually. Yeah, and listen to us on Spotify. We're on Spotify, we're on Overcast, we're on everything except for Apple Podcasts because it continues to be a pain. But once it's up, give us five stars. Recommend us to your friends. I think Overcast has like a share feature where you can uh, you can get us up onto, you know, the new and the trending things, which helps us grow our audience and eventually maybe we can make money or get sponsorships or something. Oh, I didn't think of anybody to sponsor us for this episode. Damn. Well, um, like... Bar Barack Obama. This this podcast is brought to you by uh, former President Barack Obama. He does not actually Dude. sponsor us, but I want him to sponsor us. So we can't uh... lie like that to the people. <laughs> we can. We can. It's all a joke. Yeah. It's all for the lulls. It's all for the memes. We're, it's all for the we're, memes. We're a couple of memesters. Uh, so Barack, Barack, my guy. Listen, I know we don't know each other very well. I'm very thankful that you're listening to this little podcast. I hope none of our political hot takes at the beginning offended you or any of your other people uh throw us I some mean, of that uh throw us some of that nice uh that that retirement money that i know you got please i mean i was in the same room as michelle obama once oh my god Gr now grant you it was a big room but like same room at least but <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway thanks for listening to the pack you run we'll yeah, catch you gonna... guys uh we'll catch you guys next week <laughs> have a good fucking day dude